G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Mate, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. It's been a wonderful long weekend with the exception of some of the fantasy scores that have been rolling in. There's been some good ones to be honest, but yeah, you're right. The, uh, there been has a... been a lot of, you know, just people making the wrong decisions in terms of who to play on their field, some, yeah. uh, some rookies jumping up for some good I, scores. I'll tell you what, I don't think I've made the right 50-50 call for about three weeks now. <laughs> Every time I come up to a 50-50 decision, um, it's the wrong one. I'm um, getting to the point where I might start actually like broadcasting so other people can just go with the other one because that's <laughs> inevitably going to work way better. Just tweet out your decision and everyone can take the opposite way. Yeah. That's the way to go, mate. All right, what we're going to do is something a little bit different because hot off the press, we've just seen on Twitter the new DPP editions for AFL Fantasy. Yes. So these are for your salary cap teams or for your draft leagues if you're using AFL Fantasy as your platform yes. there. So we're going to dive right into those and analyze them just yep. before we get into the round-by-round matchups. So why don't we take a look now? Is it... Was there anyone that jumped off the page at you? Um, So there were probably... There's only two or three, really, that jump off at me. For me, they sort of... There were a couple that looked useful and interesting. There were a few that would be useful for um, people in deep drafts and just getting a little bit more flexibility and throwing players around. Yeah. There were a few that were good for... um, Salary cap just to give flexibility to where you can play, guys. And then the rest were pretty much... um, non-events for me. So. Yeah, I, I agree. So the ones that uh, that jumped out for me, I mean, there's probably two or three maybe, and they're all the uh, the ad forwards yeah. for me. So, so Ablett uh, and Dusty. Ablett, Dusty, and then Ebert to an extent as well. Yeah. So um, the, of those those sort of adding DPP positions, because you, you don't really look at ones that add midfield status. That's not You're really... not going to play him as a midfield. Exactly. The, the only thing is it might give you a bit more flexibility if you need to flick people around to cover injuries at some point, but you're not going out of your way to pick people because they have, um, they've gained midfield status. Absolutely. All right, just to run through the list. So adding defender status, we've got Matt Guelphy, Bailey Fritch, Sydney Stack, Josh Battle, Harry Cunningham, and Caleb Daniel. Now, only two of those are sort of of interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney Stack, a lot of people have in their teams in their midfield. Yep. And if you've got someone like maybe a Jordan Clark, who's yes. really starting to get to his break-even, I think he only just beat his break-even this he, week by a point. He just got there, yeah. So he's one that's really starting to level off in price. If you're looking for someone to bring in, you know, say you don't have uh, Ross from uh, Richmond yet, you could yep. switch Sydney Stack for Jordan Clark into your back line, bring in Ross and make a bit of dough there. Yep, exactly. I think that's quite a legitimate option there. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Caleb Daniel, who's been quite relevant this year, He's actually. been very relevant. He's gone pretty much 90s, and I think he's got a couple of low 100s for yep. the entire year up until this round. I think he was a little bit quieter this round. Underwhelming, but still an 86. That's a solid score for a back. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he's um, a legitimate option I know going into this round, he was about 606,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wouldn't have gone up too, too much. Um, he's one that you could look at just as a bit of a point of difference. Yeah, I, and, I quite like him. And Bullies still do have a couple of good games coming up as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, so adding midfielder status is Adam Chera, Will Powell, Lockie Whitfield, Travis Boak, and Jack Billings. Like we say, you're playing all those guys in their respective, whether they're back or forward. Yeah, you know, they're, you're not they're playing not in the midfield. Yeah. Maybe for a bit of... 
uh, one week action if you need to swing them into the yep. midfield just to bring in a certain forward or defender yep. Yep. that can could be, be handy. handy during the buy rounds as well yeah that's another maybe. option but realistically you're not looking at these guys specifically for that DPP status no, you've, you've already got them or you're not bothering mm-hmm. at all uh, so adding ruck status we've got two here Oscar McInerney and Rowan Marshall now for me Oscar McInerney obviously we're not looking at whatsoever uh, no, they, I mean, they both should have had ruck status to start the they year. They should have. Um, for me, they're only um, draft relevant. Yeah, Rowan Marshall this week. So if they if Rowan Marshall had had ruck status at the start of the year, I would have been all over him. And Yeah, absolutely. I would have had to trade him out actually going into round one because he wasn't named round one. So yeah. it wouldn't have mattered too much in the end. But I think that at this point of the season, it's too late to bring him in for that, you know, Bit of a roller coaster ride up that he's been on for this past five rounds. Yeah. But in drafts, in drafts, I mean, in, in ultimate footy, in ultimate footy, he's had ruck status the entire year. But in AFL fantasy, if you're doing draft in that, for me, your number one waiver pick this week should probably be um, Ron Marshall because we we rate him that highly. Absolutely, we love Ron Marshall around here. And uh, adding forward status is Michael Gibbons, Ed Kerno, Zach Clark, Gary Ablett, Tom Atkins. Jeremy Finlayson, Corey Wagner, Jaden Hunt, Sean Atley, Patrick Ryder, Zach Butters, Dustin Martin, Oscar Allen, Aaron Norton, and, of course, Brad Ebert from Port Adelaide. Yes. So, like we um, mentioned, obviously, uh, Dusty Martin, Brad Ebert, and Gary Ablett are ones to look at in salary yeah, cap. Absolutely. I would, if I had to rank the three of them, mm-hmm. probably I would be looking at... I, I'm ranking Ebert top, actually, of those three. Dusty second and Ablett third. Yeah, I'm... Oh, geez. I don't even know how I would rank them, to be honest. They all have the ability to go big, but they all have the ability to just disappear as well. So I think I probably would go um, Ebert, Ablett, and then Dusty, to be honest, because mm. Dusty just hasn't shown me enough lately t- to convince me that he's going to be consistent enough. Yeah, so Dusty's coming off one good round this week. So he played very well this mm. week. He broke the ton. But Ebert's actually averaging 101 for yeah. the year. So yeah. that puts him you know, right in line with some of those top guys like Tim Kelly, um, Trav Boat, Jack Billings, who we're all yeah. looking at for the top six. So definitely one to have a look at there. He's averaging more than you know Devin Smith on the year. Yeah, um, number one um, for sure. Yeah. Um, who else we got there? Gibbons and Atkins are probably falling into the um, category of you would have if you've still got them there on your bench as mm-hmm. midfield rookies, you can now flick them up forward if need be. So that's a positive. Other than that, kind of non-event. Yeah, Michael Gibbons is an interesting one for non-owners because he did just have that 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very interesting. He's priced now at 293. He's probably just a bit too expensive now. Yeah. Uh, but he does have a break-even of one. So he's reset that break-even and he's a forward eligible. So if you're oh. desperate... He's cheaper than someone like a Grian Myers who also has cash yeah. to make. Or a Willem Drew. Exactly. So if, if you are very desperate... If, if you're wanting to move one of those other guys on, um, he might be someone you can look at. But I think, yeah, I wouldn't be advising it. Not the worst option. Is there anyone that uh, that you can think of off the top of your head that you think should have gotten DPP status that, um, that has missed out? Not really. To be honest, I actually don't give it any thought up until the positions are announced. There's not much point, really. I mean, you we, we have no influence. You can tweet AFL Fantasy as much as you want, but you're not going to ever have any influence over what they oh, choose. Look, for, for me, it's more a case of just... Um, I don't base my team structure around guys that I think are going to get positions because too it's too risky. You can't do um, it. So I just wait for the positions to be announced and then react accordingly. And in draft, um, I 
back in the team that I've got. Yeah. And if something falls in my lap that works well, then that's a bonus. And for the most part, we play in a lot of leagues anyway that don't have DPP changes midway through the season. So yeah. uh, for draft leagues uh, like ours, that's a bit of a non-event, these changes. So we're going to end that there. I think we've yep. gone into it enough. There's, they, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, there's players like Mitch Duncan as well, who I think was a really solid chance to get defender status, but missed out. So hopefully for the second announcement... Uh, he'd be a very good addition. But we're going to dive straight into the games from this weekend. And we'll start with the Thursday night game, Brisbane Lions versus the Magpies. I mean, Magpies demolished them in the end, and they had some good fantasy scores, didn't they? They certainly did. Um, sorry, you talk my... Um... <laughs> has, your, has your tablet died again? Pretty much, We yeah. are in your house right now with your Wi-Fi connected to it. Your tablet... Oh that might God. be the issue, actually. If I turn Wi-Fi on, it'll probably be quicker. You've got, <laughs> you've got mobile data on. Oh, my God. We are in yep. your apartment. <laughs> All right, there we so, go. It's working now. So some of the scores, uh, Adam Trelaw with 120 was absolutely fantastic. Really, going away from what we were suggesting last week with the uh, Taylor Adams effect of draining a lot of points, and we thought Dane Beams coming back in especially mm. would have dra- you know, dragged his score down a bit, but he was very good. I don't think that'll keep going. I think he'll still average, you know, from here on in, about dead on 100. That, that's my call with all the midfielders. Okay. Someone else will get up next week. I think that there will be a little bit of the Richmond effect where there will be a couple of guys that go big each week, mm-hmm. but it will change week to week. Hmm. I think Trelaw is probably the favourite to go big each week, but you'll have weeks where Adams is the guy, you'll have weeks where Beams is the guy, Pendlebury, Sidebum, Sidebottom, and um, you know, some of those guys Phillips. we just mentioned. Uh, Sidebottom only had a 78 this week. Uh, Phillips 92 was solid without yep. being spectacular. Same with Beams 95 and Pendlebury 93. Yep. These guys are struggling with all of those numbers in there. Trelaw had the good game this week. I don't think that'll keep going. Yeah, though. look, I, I think there will be a couple each week that will go big, but um, it's sort of pulling names out of a hat, figuring out which yep. one is going to be. And Taylor week. 56, so he's yeah. just a no, non-starter for me in you know in well, salary cap especially. Um, you you'd really? start. Well, I'm not picking him in salary cap. Taylor Adams, not a chance. Oh, he's. I think he's very underpriced. He's very, very underpriced. But show me the scores, and he hasn't put the scores together at all in 2019 so far. So oh. he would have to go on a run of three good scores, 300 scores, for me to even consider Taylor Adams. Mm, okay, in well, cap. interesting. Um, he he's very cheap. But would you honestly think about trading him in? No, no, I think there's much better options out there. there but, um, for, I mean... Oh. It's tough. Question without notice, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary yeah, cap no. leagues. There's but, other guys I'd rather have yeah. because of the, the many mouths to feed effect. Yeah. Uh, on the Brisbane side of the ledger, Alex Witherden was really good. The only one to break the ton, actually, for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, is he starting to get into the kind of form now where you could bring him back into your salary cap team? Um... Obviously, if you're in your drafts, you're playing him every week, but... I... Not yet. Um, I think, for me, a lot of it was this game that they were that comprehensively outplayed that the ball was just in their defence most of the game and someone had to be rebounding it. So, I think on weeks where they're putting up more of a contest, uh, he's not necessarily going to get eight marks, 20 kicks. Yeah. And there are, I mean, even technically Rich is actually averaging two more points than in this season, and he was solid again this game with a 93. Yeah. So, 
I, I probably wouldn't be bringing him in now, particularly considering that Rory Laird, we'll talk about him a little bit later, he is really plummeting in price, so you're yes. able to pick him up incredibly cheap. Incredibly cheap for Rory Laird. Absolutely. Um, Lockie Neal. Yeah, massive drop-off. 76, um, his first bad score of the year. Mm. Would you be concerned if you're an owner? Uh, no, you, you have to back him in. So if you bought him in, in obviously in all draft forms, you keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if some, if you know the owner of Lockie Neal in a draft league is pissed off at this score, you can go after him and see if you can get him a little bit cheaper. But you won't. Um, <laughs> no. And in salary caps, if you bought him in last week especially, you just have to back him in. Yeah, and his I, break-even's I 124. Uh, he, I mean, every chance to hit that. He space. might hit it, but he won't. I wouldn't think he will smash it. He's coming up against Gold Coast, so he'll have the two Camilla Tower gutters expect. Yeah. So I'd say he's probably going to go somewhere between 100 and 108. Yeah, or some, so. somewhere around that for me as well. Um, so um, he's going to drop a little bit for non-owners. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll drop back under 800, and then you can probably look at him then. Yeah, I like the looks of that. Uh, like we mentioned, Dan Rich has been solid, and Hugh McCluggage is just a really good kid for the future. He's going to be a fantasy stalwart. I mean, mm. he's going to be incredible. Josh Walker having a good run as well, actually, in um, in defense. So he's... He had yeah. a good month or so last year. Leagues, he's on a lot of waiver wires, so he's definitely one to check out. Mm. Um, Steph Martin. Now, I'll bring him up just quickly. He has had a massive fall. He's just gone off a cliff this year. His scoring has gone right down. Yeah. Uh, draft league owners. The thing is, with rocks at the moment, there's so little really good one. I'd say there's about six or seven who I would really want. Obviously, Brody Grundy, Max Gorn, you've mm-hmm. got... Uh, ben McAvoy in rich form, Jared Witts. Yep. Although um, having said that, McAvoy finished today's game on the bench with an injury of some sort. I did notice that, yeah. I'm he, not sure what it was, but hopefully nothing too serious. Hopefully just rested. So, you know, taken out of the last couple of minutes of the game to not risk anything else. And, and then apart from that, you've got, uh, you know, Wits. Rowan Marshall and Nankervis who are averaging over 80. But yep. And then there's a big drop-off after that. You're looking more at your year. Yep. So it does sort of drop off a cliff there for, for draft owners. Yeah, interestingly with Steph Martin, though, he's preventing most rucks coming up against him from going big. He does that. Even, he's almost playing a ruck tag role at the moment. Even Grundy this week only got 78. Yeah. So be wary of... Um, the matchup against him if you've got a, a ruck playing. Yeah, so it, especially rucks that score a lot of points from getting the ball around the ground. Steph Martin can keep up with them and, and stop them getting that ball. Uh, all right, I think we'll move on from there to... <laughs> what was the next game around? That was... Oh, God. Where uh, where fantasy scores go to die. North Melbourne versus <coughs> the Bombers. So uh, we'll look at the Bombers side of the ledger first because they were just awesome you in know, this game. You and know, they smashed it. You know what... I found really amusing about this game because I actually watched this game. (laughs) The commentators talking about how great a game it was. Was it? I I don't think it was. Is it just because it's Good Friday? Is it because they have to really sell the fact that, you know, all right, North Melbourne have been guaranteed this Good Friday game? Believe me, they were selling it. I'm not sure if people were buying, but they were definitely selling it. The fact that North Melbourne have a standalone Good Friday game every year is kind of disgusting. I think that you either have to earn something like that with a true rivalry or... You have to do a grand final rematch on that day. How good would that be? Different oh, matchup every year, something. I don't have an issue with North having a standalone Good Friday game. It's just well, what they, are they, it's are they just, good enough to do it? To, and, and they haven't got a rivalry there that you could really, you know, I think justify they just having need every to year. Pick better. I don't know, better teams to play. 
So, so what, pick a, a worse team than Essendon? It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. I just don't think they should have a standalone Good Friday game. They should have either a rivalry in place that they can play every year, year in, year out, or mm. it should be a special game every year. So like two of the top teams from finals the year before or the grand final rematch. That would be really good to see on oh, Good Friday. Yeah, look, I mean, we're getting off topic, so we'll, we'll move on to the actual fantasy <laughs> because we could talk about this for a while. I know, I, I could talk about this all day. So Zach Merritt bounced back. This was a huge score. Mm. Um, he's, he had a good score last week, a really good score last week as well. Are we, are we trusting Zach Merritt again? He is on the up. Uh, I believe he is on the up, yes. Ooh. I am just bringing up his stats now. Well, I think that's two scores over 130 <clears throat> in a row. Uh, he's gone 50, 99, 95, 128, 143. There we go. He has Collingwood, Geelong, and Sydney as his next three. Not the best matchups coming up. Yeah, so two well, two teams in a row there that don't generally tag. I haven't seen much tagging from Geelong, and you don't see any from Collingwood. Uh, but Collingwood haven't been giving up great scores they don't. all and, year. And Sydney have Stewart, uh, Hewitt, sorry, who will yeah. pro- most likely lock on to him. So, yeah. having said that, he's seven hundred and seven thousand, oh, and his break cheap. even is sixty. Super cheap. So um, it's a perfect time to grab him if, if you're you can. After a midfielder, he's definitely one that I'd be looking at trading in this week. And then really good scores from a lot of draft guys there. Shield, Heppel, Hurley. Shield um, is having a amazing year from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he's he, taken that step up from just being a ninety average type guy to actually mm-hmm. being a. a a good starter. Yeah, he has been a lot better. So I, I'm still not looking at him from anything other than a draft league point of view. Agreed. But because I just I don't trust it yet, and he's averaging 102. He had a couple of poor games to start the year, and he's gone bang, bang, bang in the last three. So his form yeah. is sort of mirrored Essendon's form. Mm. Um, so it might just be one of those things. If Essendon are off, if they come up against the hard team, Shield will really struggle. So yeah, yeah, he's not one of those consistent players for me just yet. Um, and for draft league owners, Kale Hooker, uh, Mitch Brown, you know, some of these defenders for Essendon are doing a lot of scoring. So, ones to have a look at for really deep leagues. Is there, is there anyone else you want to talk about from uh, from Essendon's point of view? Uh, yes, I'm just trying to find his name. I'll quickly touch on Braden Ham, actually. That's he was, who I'm trying to find, young, yeah. So, he was the young uh, forward rookie that came in. He's, he had a 58. I, I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. Because um, I think there are better rookie options at the moment. and I would only be looking at him if you needed a forward yeah. to downgrade to. Because he actually looked quite comfortable. Yeah. I mean, his score wasn't amazing. It was only 58. But he looked he didn't look out of place there. So I no. think he's probably um, done enough to hold his spot for the next couple of rounds. So for 189,000, if you do need to downgrade um, one of the... Someone up up yeah. forward, he's one that you could look at. And because he's got the Anzac Day game on Thursday this week, we'll know whether or not he's playing quite early compared to a lot of other rookies. Absolutely. With the, uh, with the early start to the round this, on I think Wednesday night we've got a game, don't we? It we've is Wednesday night this round. Tigers in Melbourne. Yes. So that'll be interesting to see. All right, so we'll go over to North Melbourne's side. And again, only one player broke the ton. And again, it was Trent Dumont, who has been very solid yeah. this year for draft owners. He's a good draft player. Uh, and same with Sean Higgins, has been very solid as well this year, 97. Yeah. He seems to be... Because I, I watched a lot of this game. He was everywhere. He was absolutely terrific. He was definitely mm. one of the best on the park, but he didn't put up a huge fantasy score. Yeah. And that's the, a bit of an issue with Sean Higgins. Um, so... Again, I, he's not yeah, a salary he, cap guy. Agreed. Are there any North Melbourne salary cap guys? 
Um, ooh, North Melbourne generally isn't a salary cap team. It's more of a draft yeah. team. Ba- so. Bailey Scott, I guess, uh, he was a rookie. He had a poorer score this week with 43, but he's still got money to make. So he's. Ju- I wouldn't be playing him on your field. No, nah, he's a bench guy. But he's still got money to make. And yeah, just leave him on your bench to uh, slowly gain price. Yeah, two, two draft guys who were really disappointing, Robbie O'Hearn and Jack Zebel. Mm-hmm. Um, Zebel just had a horrible game, barely touched it. And Ahern really hasn't delivered since he's come into the team. Yeah. Um, he'd been smashing it in the VFL. Mm-hmm. If you're an owner in redrafts, you, you can probably throw him on the scrap heap. I agree. In, in keepers, oh, in, in keepers, I a would lot keep, tougher. You got to hold him, him but yeah, I'd hang on to him a little bit longer because surely at some point in the next couple of years, North Melbourne won't suck as much. Uh, yeah, and Ahern's one of those young midfielders. He reminds me a little bit of Setterfield at the moment. If I own Setterfield in the keepers, which I do in one of my leagues, I wouldn't be mm. ditching him yet. Uh, even though he started slowly at Carlton, he's shown so much at younger levels and in the AFL last year, or in the uh, two years ago. So yeah, yeah, and, and Ahern has shown signs last year that he can um, deliver in a, a midfield role. He's yeah. just, I think, it's just a, a role issue for him at the moment. Agreed. All right, we'll go on to the next game of the round, which was uh, the other Good Friday game: Port versus the Eagles. I mean, Port. Smashed it out of the gate. They were dominant. Um, I yeah. say that as a West Coast fan. They were just too good. They were very good. Yeah, but it didn't translate to a, to a huge fantasy scores. So they moved the ball super quickly. It was almost a Richmond game style. Yeah, it was in the wet as well. So not a lot of it plus was, sixes. Yeah, it was just grinding it forward, exactly. getting it on the break, and just running with it. So Sam Gray and Ollie Wines were the two that broke the ton with 116 each. Ollie Wines, good to see him get a, a, a good score there. He would have gone. You know, middle rounds of your draft leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, are still not trusting him though. Uh, he's <laughs> he's never really been a fantasy guy. He's is that in and under nuggety sort of bloke. He's, I- he's the guy that you expect to take the next step every year, but never quite does. Exactly. Um, uh, and Sam Gray was solid too. So uh, Brad Ebert with a ninety-five. We mentioned him off the top as getting a DPP status. So he's a really interesting forward to have a look at. Um, now. The two obviously popular players, Tom Rockliffe and Travis Boak. Yes, Rockliffe was huge with oh, well, he was he had a ninety four and he had a lot of possessions for mm-hmm. that as well, a lot of handballs. Going to say, I'm not sure I'd say he was huge. He, he in the game he was so he had what um, thirty two possessions for the game. It's just the fact that he had eighteen handballs, which really slowed down his scoring. And because it was so wet and they moved the ball so quickly, he couldn't mm. get those cheap plus sixes. He only had two marks. Yeah. So so at seven hundred and seven thousand with a break-even of 115. He's probably comparably priced with um, Merritt. Merit. And mm-hmm. he's got North, Collingwood, and Adelaide coming up. Well, Who would you rather have? I'd probably rather have Tom Rockliffe. Yeah? Exactly. You'd rather bring um, Rocky in? I really like Tom Rockliffe. And North, if West Coast or anything to go by, they sent Hutchings to Boak, which is, again, something I'm a little bit worried about because if North send Anderson to anyone, just to mind, mm. it might be Boak. They might follow the same script as the Eagles. So that'll be interesting to see, which means that uh, at least Boak's a forward, though. He's got forward status, so you can take some of those 80s sort of scores. Yeah, it's not as big an issue. He's going to go big. As a, he's a top six forward at the end of the year, the way he's been scored. Yeah. I think I'd probably prefer Rocky over Merritt as well, yes. but probably not quite as convincingly as you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the rookies bounce back as well. Willem Drew with 78. Mm-hmm. He's reset his break even, which was terrific to see. Um 
Dersma with 50, he's reaching his break. He's, he's one that he you needs can look a break to soon, out. I think. They, I wouldn't surprise me for him to get a rest in the next fortnight or so, I yeah, reckon. I, I would definitely be thinking that. Um, and as soon as that happens, later. you can probably look at moving him on. I think he's made a lot of cash, so... He's done enough. You can If he gets a rest this week, I'd move him out. He'd yeah. be one of the ones that I would definitely move out yeah. because he's basically reached his break even. Um, Connor Rosey... He's got a little bit more to make, but he was a bit roughed he, up in this game. He, he caught a couple of hits, yeah. So he might also be another one which will get a bit of a rest next week against North at home. Um, might move over onto West Coast side of the ledger because they did have some big scores, actually. Mm. The back line in particular have been pumping <laughs> out some massive scores. So Shannon Hearn, we already know about. He's been spectacular. But Brad Shepard... We've got a question about him later, Ooh. but just to touch on him quickly, 110 points in this game. I think he's averaging close you know, to... His worst game for the year, I'm pretty sure, is a mid-80s score. Yeah, which is absolutely spectacular for a backman. So he's averaging 98.8 on the year, just a bit behind Shannon Hearn's 99.6, yep. which puts him into calculations for a top six defender at the end of the year. And it's, it puts Hearn right in the frame. He's right oh, absolutely, in there. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sold on Shepard. Yeah. He, he actually finished last year off really well as well from memory. And um, I picked him up in a couple of drafts this year because I thought he could probably continue it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting scores this high. I was sort of thinking 90, yeah. like low 90s. But I it's, I reckon it's... What's he averaging? He's averaging 98.8. Shannon Hearn's 99.6. Who would you prefer out of the two? Oh, definitely Hearn because he plays more of an intercepting Hearn role, so he's getting more plus sixes. More expensive, so it's six hundred and sixty k for Hearn at the moment, and six hundred and thirty k for Brad Shepard. I'd go There's, Hearn, but yes, I'd be happy with either. Mm. Hearn just looks in rare form. The six, the plus, uh, the um, six 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 rule is helping him yeah. to you know break off an intercept mark, and the uh, kick in rule especially. I think yeah. he's getting almost an extra plus six or plus nine points a game from just those extra kick ins. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really like both of them. Hearn, I think, will be top six end of the year. Um, Shepard, I think, will be probably top ten. I'm actually looking at bringing Shannon Hearn in this week for Nick Newman. So that's, uh, that's one of my nice. moves, potentially. Um, all right, so some of the other players from West Coast. I mean, Petrocelli was huge. If you had him on your ground, bravo. Just well done. But Good job. most people would have benched him, which sucks. And all you've got yeah. to think of is, right, yeah, that sucks <clears throat> for this week, but his break-even has reset. There's a lot of people out there who don't own him. You and I in particular, we don't have No, we do not. And um, I'm really regretting it at the moment. Well, we didn't have faith in the small forwards at the start of the year, Myers and Petrocelli. You know, small forwards do float in and out of games, and rookies especially, yeah. it's hard to yeah. hold their spot. The, the good thing for both Petrocelli and Myers, now you mention him, mm-hmm. is that they don't play exclusively that small forward role. They really push hard up the ground and try and use their um, leg speed back the other way. So they get a lot of plus sixes and a yeah. lot of touches around the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom Sheed, uh, he's you need to get rid of him this week. We told you last week you absolutely yep. do, and this week he's just done enough with eighty five to give you. A I was actually quite happy he got to eighty five to be honest. But you do need to get rid of him. Absolutely, just absolutely get rid of him from your sides and just commiserations to people who drafted Jack Darling early, a bit earlier than <clears throat> they would have liked to, considering his start to last year and just how well he was scoring. He was the dominant forward of the competition over the first seven rounds last year, and this year he just looks like nothing. It is awful to watch. So, mm. had an 18 this week. I know it wasn't tall forward conditions, oh, but 
That is absolutely woeful. I didn't even know he'd scored that badly. No, it was it was absolutely terrible. Um, Jamie Cripps as well. Yeah. 26. Tough. He had a really good year last year. So basically, I know that the ball was in the Eagles' back line a lot, but it seems like the Eagles' defense this year is the one to have a look at. His, the midfield, not so much, because Shuey, Hearn... Uh, everyone bar Gaff basically is scoring very mediocre. Yeah. Yo as well. And even Gaff Brent. really only got there late. And he was pretty well held early. But he's a top eight midfielder. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, Agreed. In my opinion, you need to have Gaff at the end of the year. He's going to average 110 plus. He Agreed. just looks so good. Uh, all right, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was the first of the Saturday games. GWS taking on the Dockers. This was a bit of a shock. Dockers getting up away Where from home. Where did this come from? Huge. And this wasn't GWS playing badly. Freo played really, really well. Yeah, they did. All right. Uh, so we'll talk about Fremantle quickly. And I hate talking about this so <coughs> much. Matt Taberner, 128. He is averaging 99.6 for the year. 99.6. Scores of 91, 92, 72, 115, and 128. And he's got the dogs this week. <sighs> My God. Who, who just gave up a ridiculous score to Harry Bloody McKay. Mm. Um, okay. This is, I, we, he's not just scoring or he's looking really comfortable and like he's dominating. Yeah. All right. Just no for salary cap. I don't trust key forwards for salary cap at all. And I don't trust Matt Tabner against teams who have... I mean, I was going to say competent key defenders, but Phil Davis got ripped apart by him. Yeah, and that's what I mean. He, he's dominating. Like he's the not. He's dominating. He's legitimately playing really, really well. Yeah. I agree. You don't look at tall forwards in salary cap. If you wanted to do it, it's a really risky ballsy move mm-hmm. um, it might pay off but he's definitely more of a draft guy for me if you own Matt Tabiner are you holding or are you selling high with a with almost 100 Ooh. average I'm selling high I, I'm look, I'm getting a guy and saying look you've got oh jeez I think I'm holding you're holding yeah for at least another week because I think he'll go really well against the bullies yeah. and it might bump his his price up even more. Yeah. Okay. Well, but me... but I I would consider holding for the year. I think this is sustainable. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me give you this situation. Not, not, not necessarily at the average he's going at, yeah. but I yeah. If you can get, uh, if you can work out a trade situation of you picking up Devin Smith for Matt Tabner. Devin Smith is averaging ten points less than Tabner this year, mm. and just missed this last game. Owners what was might he, be worried. What was he out with again? I think he was out with like a hamstring, but like. Um, uh, awareness or whatever the hell it's called, you know yeah, that you okay. think he'll be back this week. Um, if so, if that trade was up, could you do? Would, so, if, if the Devon Smith owner came to me and said, "I'll give you Smith for Tabiner," would you take oh, it? It would be hard to say no. Oh yeah, you got to take Devon Smith <laughs> in that situation. Maybe that's a, a poorer one. Matt, what about um, or Walters? I'm Tabiner keeping Tabiner. Keeping Tabiner. Uh, I've been burnt by Walters many times in the past. Okay. Uh, Isaac Heaney. No, that's that's not a good one. That's too... Isaac Heaney's too good. Um, Lukey Dowhouse. Dowhouse or Tabiner? Tabiner. Whoa. So that means in your eyes, he is knocking on the door of top six forward. At the moment, yes. Nah, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. He's not keeping this up for the year. I, I don't think Dowhouse is top six forward, though, no, at the end true. of the year. There's... Very, yeah, I, I don't think Walters is top six forward at the end of the year. 
Martin coming in, he might be close to it. Ebert coming he, in might be close to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some of these. So I don't think Tabner is top six at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but at the moment, I would rather him than a couple of those other guys you mentioned. All, all right, I like it. So we talked about Tabner for enough, and it sickens me. Great scores for some of the other Dockers guys <laughs> with Hogan 120, Langdon 118, Walters we just spoke about with 113. Walter's Nat, final quarter was amazing. It was. Nat Fife was down in this game, but he's coming back from a bit of a, a concussion there. So yeah, to be expected. I don't think you have to worry about that. And he yep. still, still scored a 92. Yep. It was um, the good week for Luke Ryan. It was the good week for Luke Ryan, and he'll probably get a 40 next week. So I mean, yep. we're all aware of that. Uh, unless there's anyone else you spotted, I think we might move over to the, uh, the uh, Western Sydney Giants. Um... Just, not really. There's just a couple of the um, Frio second-year players are really struggling with second-year blues at the moment. Yeah. Chera it was really not playing great at the yeah. moment. Brayshaw was playing okay without being fantastic as yeah. well. Um, yeah, I think it's... I think people overestimated what these guys would do in their second year. Yeah, uh, and agreed. It, Me just, included. I thought they were going to be a lot better. And they don't have... Frio really only have... <clears throat> Fife and Mundy as two key experienced midfielders. And apparently moment. Walters. Um, and apparently Walters, yeah. So, um, But that's it. And then Hill has been playing a good role, but he's getting locked down now after that incredible start to the year. Yep. Um, all right, right so moving on, on. The, uh, on the giant side of the ledger, Cogs, spectacular. What again. a player. He's, what a he's player. He just looks so good. Josh Kelly so was really Cogs good. Cogs will be top eight end of the year. Easy, easy. He is dropping in price at the moment, though. I think his break-even this week is about 124-ish. Yep. So... Um, you don't have to be looking to bring him in this week. I think he's probably going to drop a little bit more. 117 break even, uh, 773k. He probably comes close to that this week. Yeah. So I would say next <clears throat> week is the week to bring in Cogs if you don't have him. Yep, agreed. Um, all right, so who else have we got there? Lockie Whitfield just broke the ton with 104, was solid. Um, Zach Williams, 101, turned it around. He was terrific in this game, Zach Williams. Yeah. And a lot of owners, myself included, will be incredibly happy with that, not just for the score <coughs> on the field, but... It's reset his break-even. It's reset his break-even, and he'll start going up in price. We can hang on to him for a bit longer. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Yeah, we, uh, we needed it. Owners needed that, and also another guy we'll mention later on. Um, yep. Uh, Tim Taranto was poor mm-hmm. in this game, but he's a this young player. This is really his first bad game of the yeah. year. Um, Jackson Haley. Oh. My, my boy. Was spectacular. But you can't claim him all to yourself. I, I love Haley. I know you love Haley, but you don't own him in a keeper league. You didn't take him. <clears> I no, did. I didn't. It is fantastic owning him. This guy is going to be a fantasy beast. Yeah. He, he looked very comfortable. He just looks like he knows where to go to get the ball. He, he's a good mix of inside and outside. Yep. And he can play up forward if needed, which means he's more likely to get more games in that Toronto-esque style in, of his first and second year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think half forward flank is probably going to be his position for the next couple of years and I think he could really make it his own yeah. I mean he he completely dominated even like someone like Jacob Hopper who's uh, he scored 30 more points than um, mm. Hopper just had a poor first quarter basically <clears throat> he scored yeah. 2 points in the first quarter 30 points in the second and then was mediocre from there on in so um, I think that's just one down game from him draft owners don't be too upset by that uh, and I think we might move on from there actually to the next game of the round which was uh, yes. Melbourne and the Saints um <laughs> So, <laughs> Kilda a second on the ladder. I don't know what's happening this year, but that's This is a, such a bizarre year. My tips are all over the place. Oh, mate, mine are all over the shop too. Don't you worry about that. So, uh, I think oh, I got three this round. I got five because I went with a couple of upsets. And even that I'm kind of shocked by. 
so from the Saints' point of view, a couple of players breaking the tongue there. Dean Kent was spectacular, but that's not going to happen regularly. Uh, Jack no. Billings, again, getting over 100. <clears throat> and playing a more wing role. I think he's he is in the conversation for top six at the end of the year. I think he definitely is at the moment, but the tags might come somewhere. Just be careful. We know how effective the tag is against Jack Billings. So Yeah, but I think once Stephen comes back into the team... Stephen played this week. Oh, did he? I yeah, missed that. Stephen played this week. Uh, Score uh, 73. I'd be tagging him ahead of Billings still. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, who else? And Seb Ross has had another good game. Two weeks in a row. Yep. So yep. I'd also be tagging Ross ahead of Billings yep. as well. Give me one more week on Seb Ross because he is still very cheap and I would yep. consider bringing him in in salary cap, but not yet. Yep. I mean, I would... I... I would consider him as a stepping stone. Yep. I don't think he'll be top eight end of the year. And the danger of having an someone like Ross as a stepping stone is shit goes wrong elsewhere on your team and you're stuck with him exactly. um, longer than you want to, such mm-hmm. as sheet owners like myself at the moment. <laughs> so buyer beware, but I think he would be a legitimate stepping stone option Agreed. In, a, in a week or two. Agreed. Um, so who else have we got there? We've got... <clears throat> uh, you know, some guy, a lot of draft guys, Jack Steele, Jimmy Webster. Uh, Jack Noon's one of our boys we, yeah. we picked last week. Just couldn't get it going this week, unfortunately. We so, were really high on him last week. We so were, apologies I mean, to people that did pick him up on our advice. We think he'll bounce back, though. This was yeah. just a, a unfortunate game for him. Met his break even. He <clears> just <throat> didn't get it in the last quarter. He was on about 64 or 65 points at three-quarter time, and he only had about nine points for the last quarter. So yep. he was on track, just couldn't put it together in the end. Um, and Matthew Parker, he's also one that's he, reached his break even, yeah. basically. So. Yeah. You can not. You don't on. have to this week. I think he'll be good for another week or two, but he's very close to. If you if you can move him on, exactly. Um, on the demon <clears throat> side of the ledger, Christian Salem. He's one that really is in top six calculations. He's having a great year. I'm Shannon Hearn or Christian Salem. Hearn. Salary cap. Ooh, I like it. Hearn. Salem's actually averaging more than Hearn. I'm uh, by a couple. Of points. I'm not as convinced that Salem will be able to sustain it. Yeah. Um, particularly because. Um, what's his name? Neville Jetta went in for surgery over yes, the weekend. He might have to pay more of a tight marking because they don't have that many small defenders. No. And Jetta is, in my opinion, one of the best lockdown defenders in yeah. the competition. So him going out is going to be a massive out for I him. I know he played up forward two weeks ago when he uh, he had his breakout game, but Lockhart <clears throat> is traditionally a defender. He could come in and play that Neville Jetta role. So that's yeah. that's one to have a look at for team sheets this week. Um, Brayshaw, Oliver, Harms are all terrific, getting over yeah. 100, but they can do better. Not Harms, uh, Brayshaw and Oliver, yeah. particularly. Yeah, but you'd be pretty happy with those scores. Yeah, from just like you would be with Gorn's 97, you're okay with that. And yeah. Marty Hoare, you'd be absolutely oh, over the moon with that. Yeah, 99. Is he... Um, you're starting him on the field. I am, yeah. You, you think that... Well, he's had two scores over 90 in a row. Yeah. I just absolutely so you're comfortable that he's, he's startable? No question. Well, he's ahead of... Dersma, he's ahead of Scrimshaw, he's ahead of um, yeah. Lockhart. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, some, and a lot of the other defensive rookies too. Um, for the second week in a row, we had Gorn 97, Pruce 83. It works. Yeah, apparently. It does, it does work. Apparently, um, it really works. Surprised. And Pruce has score, scored I, very well. I've got to well, say, so I did not see this happening. Not in a million years. Well, I mean, we aren't AFL coaches, we aren't paid to, to do that sort of thing. And. <laughs> It's clearly we shouldn't it's be. It's pretty obvious why, because uh, they they know a lot more than us, and this has been a successful experiment yep. so far. It'll be interesting to see if we can keep going for the whole season, but, I mean, it's, it's looking good at the moment. Yeah, so Gorn, um, 
Do you happen to have his score, his break-even and price and all that jazz? I do. His break-even and price and all that jazz. So, Gorn's uh, 747 with a break-even of 109. I think he's coming close to meeting that this week, if mm-hmm. not surpassing it. So, you're probably looking at this or next week being the cheapest point to pick him up if you don't mm-hmm. own it. He's got Richmond this week. And Nankervis does get dominated every once in a yeah. while, especially by players like Grody. Well, um, uh, Grody. Brody Grundy. Grody. <laughs> That's the combination. <laughs> Grody. Brody Grundy and, uh, and Max Gorn has dominated him in the past as well. So yep. um, I think he's going to go big this week, Gorn. Uh, yeah, I think uh, 747. Yeah, either this week or next week, if you want him, is the time to jump on. Yeah, agreed. Um, is there anyone else from Melbourne you want to talk about in particular? Uh, there's some guys like uh, the Wagner brothers. There's a chance one of them might get dropped. Uh, Lewis obviously is missing his spot, so there could be some youngsters coming in. I think Lockhart will be one of them. There could be some other guys to keep an eye on. So uh, Yeah, there's watch. not really anyone I want to talk about. They've got to do something to fix up their defence. So yeah. if they don't make wholesale changes this week, I can't see it being far off happening. Well, they've got the Wednesday night game with Richmond, so that'll be really interesting to watch because we'll know... Again, their changes very early on, so that's very handy for fantasy. Yeah. Um, and some of the VC loophole guys that you could look at. Um, from I mean, uh, the first two games, really, you're probably waiting on someone like I'd be looking at Brody Grundy against Bell Chambers all day mm, long. Yeah, um, that's a good for one. My VC loophole or Trelaw if you own him in the Anzac Day game. Yep. Uh, Zach Merritt might be a good one against Collingwood. Um, Brayshaw, if you have him, I'd, I'd like yeah Melbourne. Brayshaw um, potentially gone. Mm-hmm. Um, those are I think those are probably the the top options. Yeah, those would be the ones that we'd be looking at. Um, all right, so that's the uh, the St Kilda Demons game. So we've got one more Saturday game we'll cover off, which was Richmond and Sydney. Uh, and Richmond really took it to the Swans in this game. They were they were absolutely incredible. Mm. Uh, 200-plus scores there to Prestia and Martin. Prestia has been very solid this year for draft owners. He has been very good. I've, do you think it's got something to do with the fact that Cochin has been missing for a couple of weeks? He's been playing a lot more in the centre, and yeah. Prestia does play that half-forward role quite a lot. So yeah. I wouldn't be trusting... Well, not that I wouldn't be trusting him, uh, but I'm not sure what it will be like when Cochin comes back. In a redraft, could you look at sell high at yeah, the moment? I would. 100%. That's a great option. Uh, and Dusty, uh, 110, getting DPP status. He's super cheap at the moment. Mm. You're looking at it? Possibility? Uh, definitely a possibility. I'm... I don't know. I'm just not completely not sold. On sold. Dusty. I'm not sold on Dusty at all. Dusty, Dusty is averaging. Let, let me just load these scores because it takes a little while to get down to where Dusty is actually alrighty so he is $597,000 so cheap break even of 92 he's um, 110 this week his next three games Melbourne Bulldogs and Frio that's a really good run that is a really good run actually and Dusty so including that 110 is only averaging 79.5 for the year that's how bad his scoring has been so can he turn it around? That's the million dollar question. This is the week. If you want to pick him up, this is the week. He's cheap and he's got a reachable break even. So if you want him, go grab him this week, guys. Uh, all right. So some of the other scorers there. Higgins was really good from the keeper league point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully he can spend a bit more time in the middle like this going forward. Uh, Sydney Stack is the one I want to just quickly touch on. He was outstanding for coaches who had him as Hold an emergency faith. or on the field for Constable. Missing yep. this week. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, 75 for him. Again, he's got a lot of money to make. And the fact that he can be moved into defense, yep. really, really Would good. you be comfortable starting him? In defense, yeah. Uh, if, if you have him and Hoare on the field, those are good options. So if you've got two rookie spots in your defensive line mm-hmm. and you're choosing between uh, Hoare, Stack, Dersma and, uh, and Clark, I would easily go Hoare and Stack. Yep. And even if you throw Scrimshaw in there, I would be looking at Stack and Scrimshaw would be a, a toss of the coin for me. Yeah, I'd probably go... Scrimshaw over Stack yep. just because I still have concerns about how much of his score is based on um, his role and marking yeah that's a fair call um, Jack Ross was another rookie 63 was really solid had a great first half he was yeah. really good backed off a little bit in the, the <clears throat> second half but I think he's got a spot going forward there's a lot of guys who were you know underwhelming in this game people mm-hmm. like uh, Noah Bolter wasn't exactly on um Shy Bolton was a little bit slow to get going as well. So I think that Ross keeps his spot for a little bit longer. Yeah, um, I, I think... Cochin coming back in will throw that into chaos, so... Yeah, I think uh, Bolton might be someone... I, I don't think Bolter has anything to do with Ross's spot because they're compl- completely yeah, different they are, roles. They are taller players, but so. if Cochin comes back in, then Ross needs to find another role that isn't the midfield. Mm-hmm. And that makes most sense to be on a half-forward flank. That's kind of where Bolton plays. Yeah, so can... can The thing is, so Shy Bolton's more suited to that half-forward role yeah. than uh, Jack Ross is. Very much means so. means that there's a high chance that when Cochin comes back in, Ross could be the first one slid out of yep. that team. So. Yep. so there is a bit of danger there. I well, wouldn't be looking to bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a couple of other options we could look at. Yep, I like that. Um, so, uh, the next one is... On the Sydney side of the ledger, we've got Jake Lloyd. I mean, he was, he's just so good. Uh, if you don't own Jake Lloyd, what are you doing? Just get him into your team as quick as you can. Uh, Harry Cunningham. <laughs> there were a lot of good scores for the Sydney Swans this week. Yeah. Harry back-to-back good scores from Cunningham. Yep. Dawson as well, back-to-back good scores. Papley, Parker, Jones, JPK, and Isaac Keeney all broke the tongue with Florence uh, not too Ooh, far behind on 99. Off. Um, some really, really solid scores in there. Dawson's one to definitely have a look at. He's got a very friendly role. Yeah, and he'll moment. be on a lot of waivers. In um... uh, Zach Jones, we mentioned it last week, that he's one that you can look at in salary cap as, as a defender. He is really, really looking good this year. Um, my boy, Ryan Clark, came back in and had, oh, he's alive. He had a very good game. He was 92 at the end of the game. Could have had a little bit more than that, but gave up a couple of free kicks. Um, yeah, he he looked really good. He was playing that good link-up role, which is what he should have been playing from the start of the year, not in the <laughs> forward pocket for some reason. And yeah, look, looked good. Um, he's not a salary cap guy. He's not cheap enough for that. But if you've got a very deep draft league, I'm talking very deep draft <laughs> league, and he's on your waiver list, not a bad option. No. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily be playing him on the field this no, week. I'd, I'd give it another week to see what he does. Testing it out. Battle of the Bridge will be a hard one to get some in. Um, yeah. Anyone else you want to bring up there quickly from Sydney? Uh, Rowbottom debuted. Looked good. 60 points. Uh, I think he'll probably slide out of the side this week. Him and Ronk might just get edged out for some uh, some other players um, because, yeah, Sydney just aren't looking particularly good at the moment. And Not really. With a loss, there's always a couple of players that'll be dropped. Yep. Which makes life a little bit hard for Agreed. fantasy 
footballers. So we're going to end the first part of the podcast there, guys. We'll be back with part two. We're going to go through the rest of the games from Sunday as well as today's Easter Monday clash. And we're going to uh, answer your questions from Twitter as well as play our favorite game for all your waiver lists in draft leagues. Risk it for the biscuits. We'll catch you in part two.